Welcome to the Christ the King podcast. I am Pastor Michael McGinley of Christ the King Lutheran Church here in Spencer, Iowa, and we are a congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, coming to you this, the 1st of May, to celebrate the third Sunday of Easter, also known to many as, and beloved by many as, Good Shepherd Sunday. Well, you'll hear many familiar hymns. You'll hear the Gospel of John, chapter 10. You'll hear this from 1 Peter. A wonderful Sunday with much comfort coming your way. And our matin service starts this morning with the hymn of invocation, Savior, like a shepherd, lead us. Open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. The Lord is risen indeed. Make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make 
make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. form the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia.
the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Alleluia. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made. Alleluia. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy, to deliver their soul from death, and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Alleluia. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made. Alleluia. The Old Testament lesson for the third Sunday of Easter is written in the 34th chapter of the book of the prophet Ezekiel, beginning at the 11th verse. For the Lord God says, Behold, I myself, even I, will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock in the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered abroad, so I will seek out my sheep. I will deliver them out of all places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them into their own land. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the watercourses, and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture, and their fold will be on the mountains of the height of Israel. There they will lie down in a good fold. They will feed on fat pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I will cause them to lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek that which was lost, and will bring back that which was driven away, and will bind up that which was broken, and will strengthen that which was sick, and I will destroy the fat and the strong. I will feed them in justice. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God.
The epistle is written in the second chapter of the first epistle of St. Peter, beginning at the 21st verse. Brothers, for you were called to this, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving you an example that you should follow his steps. He who didn't sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was cursed, he didn't curse back. When he suffered, he didn't threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live to righteousness. You were healed by his wounds. For you were going astray like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. In green pastures, the Lord my shepherd shall feed me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. In green pastures, the Lord my shepherd shall feed me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. In green pastures, the Lord my shepherd shall feed me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In green pastures, the Lord my shepherd shall feed me.
Alleluia, the Lord was known of them in breaking of bread. Alleluia, I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel is according to St. John, the tenth chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who doesn't own the sheep, sees the wolf coming, leaves the sheep, and flees. The wolf snatches the sheep and scatters them. The hired hand flees because he is a hired hand and doesn't care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and I am known by my own, even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep, which are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will hear my voice. They will become one flock with one shepherd. Here ends the gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. In that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Alleluia, alleluia. Christ was delivered for our offenses and raised again for our justification. In that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Alleluia. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. In that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Alleluia. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There's an expression about parenting that goes... Any boy can be a dad, but it takes a man to be a father. And what that means is any male, any boy past a certain age can get a woman pregnant. Any boy past a certain age can create life. That's easy. But to marry the woman who is to be the mother of his children, to raise those children he has had with her, that takes a man. That takes a father. When a boy creates life, he becomes a dad. But if he then leaves the mother and forsakes the child, what does society call such a boy? It calls him a deadbeat, a deadbeat dad. And that's a sad reality that happens to too many children. It happens too often in this fallen world. But we call him a man who marries the woman God gives him, and where that marriage is blessed with children, he stays and raises those children. He loves them, cares for him. He is a man who is a father because he raises the children. He raises the life which he created. And he shows those children, his children, how to live, sets for them a path on how to carry forward in life. He sets a lifelong example for them. That's what a man, a father, does. When my own father, and my father was a man, a father in the best sense of each word, when he died last summer, one thing I told my brother shortly after his death was, our father showed us how to live like a man, and he showed us how to die like a man. He did. And may every child have such a man, a father in their lives. And this love, this example of a father, is also what we hear about today on Good Shepherd Sunday. Because the love of a man, the love of a father, that he has for his children, 
is also the love which God has for us. It is the love of Christ, the love of the shepherd for his sheep. St. Peter says, For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you. You see, because Christ suffered, because he is the good shepherd who laid down his life for you, for you his sheep, because of that you have been called. That is, baptized into Christ's suffering and death, you have also been born anew, being baptized into his resurrection. You have been born into the body of Christ because the blood which he suffered to shed for you gives you life anew. You have been reborn in him. You have been given the newness of life. You have been called. Our Lord is not a deadbeat. He is not a mere boy or a mere hireling. He is the man, the new Adam, the good shepherd. Our Father in heaven is not some mere dad. He is actually our Father. For our Lord has created the church from the waters and blood of his side. And that church created out of him, he loves tenderly. Our Father in heaven gave us not only life anew in his Son through the church, but he loves us and cares for us in this newness of life. And so we are called not only into a new birth in baptism, but to live the new life we received in baptism, called into the suffering of Christ, which gives us life anew. By the cross, by the shepherd who laid down his life for you, you have been given new life. You have been called to live in that new life. And so St. Peter continues, For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. As confessional Lutherans, we can become uneasy when we hear Christ spoken of as our example. Because many church bodies, especially today, have stopped teaching that Christ died for our sins and instead teach only that Christ died as an example of love. Such churches abuse the idea that Christ left us an example, as if that was the primary reason why he died. But here's the problem with those churches who don't teach that Christ died for your sin and instead teach only that Christ died as an example. Here's the problem with that. What is the divine example of Christ if you have no power, no way to live up to that example or in that example? And teaching that you can live up to that example on your own power would be like a parent trying to raise a child before seeing to the procreation of that child. <laughs> like trying to raise a child that doesn't exist. You can't raise up and set up an example for that which has no life. It's nonsense. It sounds like nonsense and it is nonsense. Yet Peter explicitly says here that Christ set an example for us, and so we can't ignore that. Nor should we become uncomfortable with Christ as our example just because other churches abuse this teaching. Because if we listen, you'll hear that Peter explains this in the right godly way. Because you have been called first and foremost because Christ suffered and died for you. That's what St. Peter says. You've been called first and foremost because you have been given life in baptism. 
That's what Peter's saying. And now that you have been given life anew, now Christ also sets an example for you. Sets the footsteps for you as if in concrete by which you may walk and live. Christ did not just give you life and then leave you. He did not make you part of his flock and then just disappear from you. No, Christ gave you life. And now he is caring for you in that life. He gave you life, and now he has set a path for you, an example of how to live walking in that new life. And this new life, you don't walk alone, because our Lord made you part of his flock. And part of his flock, he will shepherd you on this path, which he first walked himself. Because our Lord knows you, and because he knows you, he knows how to guide you on this path to the resurrection. And because you know him, you know his voice. And you know his voice because his life, the life of his body and blood, is what you were reborn in. That's how you know his voice. And so he has set these footsteps for us, this path for us. And what are these? What is this example he left for us? Well, Peter says that Jesus committed no sin nor was deceit found in his mouth. Peter mentions this not because this is an example which is attainable for us to achieve or earn ourselves. Rather, Peter is saying this is how Christ won our salvation for us. This is how Christ blazed the trail and set the example for us. He was sinless with no deceit. That's how he did this. So that by Christ's example... We first and foremost live in repentance, always receiving his grace, mercy, forgiveness, his life. Forgiven in the baptismal waters, we look to our perfect example. How did he live? Well, Peter says that when he was reviled, when he was hated, insulted, and blasphemed, he didn't revile in return. When they cursed at him, he didn't curse back. When they made him suffer, he didn't threaten them back. When they punched him, he didn't punch back. Instead, he turned the other cheek. Even when darkness enshrouded him on the cross, and the crowds there mocked him, and he hung there in shame, and it became time for him to die, notice what he did. He trusted the Father. He trusted him who is just, even through the greatest shame and death that he experienced. Which is really to say, our Lord was meek. But don't think that meekness is weakness. Far from that. Instead, St. Peter says, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. You see, it is not weakness which bears the sins of the world, but meekness in strength. For our Lord on the cross shows us the divine strength needed for such godly meekness. Because it takes strength not to curse someone back, not to punch someone back, and not to lose faith in the darkest of hours. It takes even more strength not to even mildly consider revenge or the loss of faith when going through that reviling. When having the world and our flesh attack us and godly meekness. It takes strength to be meek. And such was the strength of our Lord's passion of his love for you. It overcame all other passions which normally tempt us. All of us, all of us who are sinners, are willing to suffer 
if we are punished for what we do wrong. We may not like it, but when we do wrong and we're punished for it, we know that we only have ourselves to blame. But when we are wronged, when we're cursed at and reviled, when we're physically hurt or financially hurt from senseless violence, when we face the darkest hours and deepest shame through no fault of our own, when our dignity is stolen from us, and this happens to us because of nothing that we did, then our flesh is not willing to suffer. Then this world says that only the weak take such shame and hurt without revenge. Then our flesh lusts to curse back. Then we want to take a swing back. We want to sue for emotional distress and lost damages. And to do so, we'll find the most aggressive lawyers to get what is rightfully ours, or what we think is rightfully ours. Yet that's not how our Lord gives us life. Because divine love, true love, not the lust of the world, but true love, true divine love, is sacrificial in suffering. True love, divine love, sacrifices. It suffers for the good of another. And so that's why St. Peter says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. That you may die to sin and live to righteousness, have true life from the source of all goodness and life. Christ suffered and sacrificed himself. So do you want to know what love is? It's the image right there on the cross. It's the image of Christ crucified. That is love. And so seeing this image of love, do you want to show this love of Christ to others? Do you want to show others in this love of Christ that we are his disciples? Do you want to strive for this? Then do what Christ does. Don't revile back at those who revile you. Rather care for them as Christ cared also for Malchus, whose ear he healed when Peter cut it off. If you want to strive for this, then don't seek revenge or sue when others hurt you. Instead, hear the prayer of our Lord on the cross and pray with him, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. If you want to strive for this love of Christ, then don't lose faith even in the hour of death. For the promise of the resurrection is yours even now. Hold on to that even through death. But if you want to strive to show the love of Christ. If you want to strive for this, then most of all, don't think that you are capable under your own power and strength to attain such divine strength and meekness and love. You can't do this on your own. You can't do this under your own power because you weren't healed by your own works, but you were healed by his wounds. Because if you want to live the life of Christ, then remain in the waters of new birth in which you were reborn. If you want to live in the example of Christ, then come to church to be molded in the image of Christ. For like clay is made wet and molded in the waters, so are you molded in the waters of baptism by the word of God that you hear. If you want to live the meekness and strength of Christ, then come and receive the Lord's body and blood, which strengthens you in his footsteps laid out for you. If you want to live as one of his sheep, 
to show others his love. Then come into the flock, come to church, where having died to sin, our Lord shepherds you to live to righteousness. Again, you will not produce the fruit of meekness and strength and divine love by your works, because it is by his wounds that you are healed, and by his wounds you will produce the fruit of meekness and love. And by the fruit produced in us will the Lord bring more sheep into his fold as they hear his voice in the midst of his church, of his flock. And so finally, St. Peter says, For you were strained like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer, or bishop, of your souls. All of us were conceived in sin. All of us were wandering sheep from the moment of our conception. But our Lord died for you. By the water and blood of his side, he gave you life. By his life, death, and resurrection, he set forth the path. He put in in concrete, if you will, the footsteps laid out for you that you walk. So now you have returned in baptism to the shepherd and overseer, the bishop of your souls. So that all of you, brothers, you are no longer slaves or servants in the house of God. You are not mere hirelings working for your keep. You are not those who leave the flock the moment the wolf comes and growls, fleeing from the sheep who are devoured as you run for your life. No. Baptized, you are no longer house slaves. Baptized, you are children of God living in his house, in his family. You are not mere hirelings. You are now sheep of this very flock. One flock with one shepherd. And no matter how badly the wolf snarls, no matter how badly his bite stings, he can't remove you from baptism. He can't take you out of the family of God. He can't remove you from the flock. And he can't take you out of the footsteps of our Lord in which you walk. In fact, if the wolf kills you, he sets you on the very path that our Lord walked. For our Lord was killed and he was risen again. And when we die, we will rise again too. The wolf can't take that away. Because by our shepherd's word and sacraments, we have life. By the word and sacraments, we live, we walk, and are shepherded. By the word and sacraments, we endure in the faith, even through the worst reviling, the worst suffering, the darkest hours, even when the sleep of death comes to us. We still endure in faith, because that is enduring in the path that Christ set for us. That is the path in which he strengthens us, in which he accomplished, in which he won victory that he gives to us even in the hour of our death. Because again, our Lord is no mere deadbeat. He is no boy. Rather, he is the man, the new Adam, our shepherd, who will shepherd us home in his righteous footsteps. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O God, who by the humiliation of your Son raised up the fallen world, grant unto your faithful ones perpetual gladness, and those whom you have delivered from the danger of everlasting death, make partakers of eternal joys. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you, so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic, with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our Governor, the Legislature of this State, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishment, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, 
show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power and grant that this day we fall into no sin neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through the same Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and our souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Bless the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.
encourage all of our listeners to look us up on Facebook under Christ the King Lutheran Church or CTK Spencer. If you enjoyed this podcast, we encourage you to subscribe, tell a friend, or leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listened. If you would like to be on our mailing list for the podcast or want to leave feedback, you can contact us on Facebook or at the email addresses listed at the top of the bulletin. That's all for this week. Until next time, go forth and serve the Lord. I am Pastor Michael McGinley, signing off.